I wore the I wore the wrong shirt today, Katie. So you might have some. I tried getting as close to my face as possible, but at the same time, it's moving over. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How are you guys? Good. Yeah, I wanted to. I did want to talk about this this morning just for a second. Every year, our youth group is is called Grafted, and so since about 2015, we've been doing the Grafties. Isn't that right, Kevin? Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> the Grafties? Grafted? So Grafted comes from Romans, where it talks about uh, Gentiles being grafted into the family of God. So we know, we understand the process of grafting where you take a branch from one tree and you could put it onto another. And when you graft, what's happening is that that branch is now receiving life from a new tree, a new root system. And so what the, the Bible gives us this image of you were taken off of a dead and worthless tree and put onto a life-giving tree. And so our message to our students and what we're all about is You belong here, a place of life, a a place of thriving, a place of health. This is where you belong. And so that's why we're always kind of, we're pulling people into that. So grafted. And we like the name too because it often has, makes our students ask, why the heck are we called grafted? You know? (laughs) And so every time I get to explain it and uh, they're actually getting better and better at explaining it too. So we came up with the grafties about 2015 and every year, we do, these, we do this award show. Mike, can you throw up some pictures up there? Mr. Cares. Mr. Cares. Can you throw up some pictures up there? Man, I feel like this is a Wednesday night. We, we kind of do a nice little fancy award show. We, have, we bought a red carpet a few years ago. We throw out the tablecloths and do some nice lighting. Go, just scroll through them real quick. We have awards and, you know, it's, they come up and they dress up and uh, get their awards, and we have dinner, and this year they're excited because they we got actual wine glasses, and they got to enjoy their sparkling cider and wine glasses. You just go through them all, Mike. Is that the last one? Okay. Then you just pull them down. Sorry. We took more video than we did uh, thing, and then, the, and we, huh? She sent me, yeah, I just picked a few. Um, you know, we do, it's a whole, we kind of create an atmosphere of award show. This year we had Blake back there working the sound, so it was very thematic and grandiose and this big old occasion. And typically they're funny awards. They're awards that, like, look back on the last year in the school year and be like, oh, we know that you did this. And so, like, uh, James one year got the questionnaire award because he always asked so many questions, you know, <laughs> those type of things. Just things that kind of make you laugh and chuckle and enjoy one another. This year we went a different direction where we did prayers and we went a different direction because the prayers, they actually look into your future. We're actually calling out your future a bit and saying this is what we're praying for. And myself and the other leaders took time and meditated with the Lord in the spirit and, and asked him to give us a word and a prayer for each of our students. And so we did that. It took us a few weeks and we just compiled uh, this list here. Um, as we are doing the awards, it's typical every year when you're reading the description of award for students to start going, oh, it's this person. Oh, that's this person. They're trying to guess who it is. And this year we had, more often than not, there was kind of shock that went with, oh, that was my award. Because they're not thinking like, oh, this isn't, they don't see themselves as this right now. And this is why we're praying for these things. We're praying that they would be men and women of the Lord. And these are specific to a person here, but... These are prayers that we pray for every student. Um, and I, I show you this, one, so you can partner with us in prayer for our students. And two, I want you to know we care and love our students. We deeply care and love for them. And uh, we, we put the time in because they're worth it. And if we had more time, we'd give it to them. We want to pour in as much as we can. And we want them to know this is, we want to demonstrate the love of God. We want to demonstrate family and belonging You know, we keep doing Wednesdays because we want every week for them to be reminded, this is your community, this is your home, this is where you belong, and so we're speaking that into the students, and if you've had any interaction with students, you know this, they don't often, um, they, they won't often 
do you verbally recognize, yeah, that is impacting me in a serious way right now. What you're saying is actually resonating with me. So that's why we keep doing it regardless of that, because we know that the Lord is at work in each of their lives. And so we join you guys to partner with us, because you guys don't get to see this. You guys didn't get to be there. Uh, you're not there on, on Wednesdays. This is their spot. So, but we want to let you know, you, this, you are their body. You are their home, their church. And so let's pray for them, and let's partner with them. So I have a few extras um, here. If there aren't enough on your table, just come up and grab one uh, at the end. We, we, we try to make it special every year, this nice little, you know, almost gala-style event for the students, and they have a good time, and they love it. And, yeah, so that's what we did this last Wednesday. We had a great time. While you were doing whatever, we were having a great time. <laughs> okay, let's get in the Word this morning. And it kind of revolves around this idea of community, family, belonging, what you're made for, created for, where you belong, and all that stuff. So John 16, 7. But, in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. This is kind of the basis of kind of this whole series that Eric has been on and talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants us to understand the importance of the Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is critical to the life of a believer. If you call yourself a believer, the Holy Spirit is critical to you. It is, he is the one of the most important elements in your life. So much so that Jesus says he's speaking to his disciples. They see him as Savior. They see him as Messiah. And he's like, I actually have to go away. And you think about how confusing that might be for them in that moment. What do you mean you're going away? We just, we're dedicating our lives to you, and you're just going to go away. He says, yeah, I need to go away so that this will happen, so that I can send your helper, I can send the advocate, I can send the Holy Spirit to you. So there's this kind of weight behind this, who the Holy Spirit is. So, the Holy Spirit works in our lives. This has been our topic. Eric started it. I'm just going to chime in here for this Sunday. There's always been a lot of questions surrounding who exactly the Holy Spirit is, what exactly he does, what his role is in our lives. But don't you understand this? We can sum up this whole thing just by saying this. The Holy Spirit is moving you toward what you're created for and created to be. The Holy Spirit is working in your life to move you toward who you're created to be and what you're created for. Okay? Because we understand that, that we are broken. We understand that we're not whole without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, and so this, there's this work in our lives that's taking place. He's moving us toward health. He's moving us through wholeness. He's moving us toward thriving. He's moving us toward freedom. All these things that you were created for, he is moving you toward. This is the work. And so when the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, we understand that he's moving me toward what I'm created for. And so this gives us some encouragement in saying I can surrender to the movement of the Holy Spirit in my life because he's moving me toward something good. Romans 12.2, we're just skimming this real quick. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Holy Spirit's working in you. There's a transformation that's happening within you. This continuing process, that's going to take, that's going to span your whole life taking, taking place in you right now. It's going to take time. I want to focus in, though, on one aspect of what we are created for. One aspect. And that is we are created for community. We are created for family. You are created to live your lives in context of the body of believers. Does this make sense? Yeah, we're, we agree with that, right? We all agree with that. It is where you belong. The moment that you accept Jesus into your life, you're being invited into a family. That moment, you're being invited into a family. And he's actually pushing you in. He's corralling you in. I remember there was a moment, um, I haven't played softball in a long time uh, with, with Eric's team, the Saltmine team. But when I did, I remember in the first couple weeks, 
um, you know, I didn't know anybody, and, you know, and I wasn't that great. Um, I was doing all sorts of weird, dumb stuff. It was, it was embarrassing. Um, I could run fast, and that was about it. Um, I could run, I could run faster than the ball. I'd run way over there, and it was here. And yeah, but I remember this moment. You know, we would pray before games, and there was this moment where I was kind of petering, like trying to get myself into the circle, right, so we can pray together. And David Holder just grabbed me and shoved me in. And that is what the Spirit's doing in your life, saying, "This is where you belong. Get in here." This is what you're made for. Get in here. This is who you're created to be. Get in here. Right? Just this arm pulling you in. Ephesians 2, 19, 22. 19 through 22. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God's, God lives by his spirit. You, we, are members of his family, members of a community. It's what you're created for. And in Second Peter... It said like this, you are living stones, a part of God's temple. I asked Blake to bring this today. This is uh, one, of, one of his creations. What I, what I enjoy is, what I can do is, I, I already pre-took some pieces off. I can take these pieces off, right? And they can exist all on their own. But it is not what they're created for. It just isn't. I can look at any one of these individual pieces. I actually like that you brought this because it's, it's a nice, it's perfect. Yeah, perfect. I was expecting to bring like a house or something like that, but no, no, this is perfect. I can take one of these little white little pieces and just pull off and it can exist all on its own. But it wasn't what it was created for. It was created to be a part of this grand picture. I want you to understand something. The Lord is creating something and he's creating something to dwell in his kingdom. And so this piece here is created to live in context of these other pieces. And you're created to live in context of the body. You're created to live in context of community, of family. That's what you're created for. This can go off and do its own little thing. It can actually go and be a part of a different, uh, a different creation, right? It can, it can in fact, pull a bunch of robes and say, hey, we're going to go off and get out of here and start our own little thing. That's not what they were created for. And they may create something that's kind of nice, but that's what it, all it is. It's kind of nice. Compared to God's grand design, it's garbage. This is what you're created for, God's grand design. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put it there. And we'll put this guy here, the, the little loner piece. Oh, and this piece too. Oh, I like this piece because this this piece isn't even there. This piece goes back here. It's not even seen. How many of you guys have a problem with that? Not being seen, yeah. It goes, it goes right back there, but it, it plays a critical role in this whole thing. Okay, so we're going to move all reference back to that. It's a little picture for you guys. So we're created to live in the context of this new family, in context of, of Christ's body, in the context of other members of Christ's temple, not created to be isolated, not created to be alone. Scripture gives us this imagery of you are a part of a body. You are a part of a, of a temple, of a building in which also Jesus is there and the apostles are there. And it is a cross-generational, global family. So I, when I'm here, I'm, I'm living in context to, to Paul and Peter and Jesus. This is where my life is. And on, a, on kind of like a, a local level, I'm supposed to live my life in context of all of you. Not separated from you, but with you. Rubbing shoulders with you. Right? You are part of a community. And you were created to live in that in the context. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing, pushing you toward that. We're going to get to this. But I do want to say Christianity and community can't be separated. 
They cannot be separated, though sometimes we have these urges to, to separate them. Jesus is all you need for salvation. He is all you need for salvation. And the work he did on the cross is complete. It is final. And, it, and, and the blood that was spilled on your behalf clears all sin. But the moment you accepted the saving grace of Jesus that he paid for on the cross, he invited you into this family. And you became a member of this family. So the Holy Spirit pushes us toward community. Just as he convicts us, just as he corrects us, he's pushing you. This is a work that he's doing, right? So life in the spirit means life in community. I want you to understand, I'm not talking about like introverts and extroverts here. I'm not talking about, well, I prefer to kind of like be kind of alone sometimes or whatever. That's all good and great, you know? Some people recharge alone and some people recharge with a group of people. This is the, the difference between Riley and I. I. I love being around people all the time. I like doing things, right? But you know, I like being out and moving and all that stuff. Right? She's just content. Home, you know, watching a movie or watching The Office, whatever. But I'm not talking about that. When it comes to the broad stroke of your walk with Christ, the broad stroke of your walk with Christ, your growth in Christ, the work the Spirit is doing in your life, it's intended to happen in the context of community. You're going to hear me repeat this again and again and again. One of the things that I say to our students when they graduate, and I say this to every student that graduates, is you still belong here. This is still your home. We are still your family. I know you're not going to be here on Wednesday with us, but I still expect you here on Sunday. And I still expect to see your life lived in the context of the community that you're a part of. Right? It's awesome. Amen. Spirit is renewing our mind and transforming our own mind to run toward community, the, uh, toward the body of Christ, and into the loving embrace of God's family. He's rewiring our minds so that we think properly about community. Because often I think that when we think of the Spirit working in us, what we, what we start thinking is like, oh, that means I'm going to, I'm growing toward independence. And we think that at least I do, because when you're a kid, that's kind of the goal in your mind, right? As I grow up, I get more and more and more independent, and I can live on my own, and I get to do all this stuff on my own, but while I'm a kid, I always have to be around mom and dad, and I always have to be supervised, and all this happens. And so we can take that thought and mix it with how growth in the spirit happens, and it's actually the opposite. In our reality... In reality, our process of growth is moving us toward and more toward community and away from isolation, which is actually, which is actually the reality of self-reliance. We think in the beginning, yeah, I needed all these people so that, I could be, so that I could come to the Lord, and these people partnered with me, and they discipled me, and that was great. But now the Holy Spirit's working on me, and so now I can start doing this thing alone. And I can be more independent, and I don't have to burden these people. We come up with all these words that create these excuses for why we kind of separate ourselves off. I don't want to burden them. I want to be, be self-reliant, you see, and in that I'll be helping them, and I won't, I won't be sucking up resources. And We come up with these excuses, and, but that's not it at all. You're actually being pushed more and more into the place you belong, into your family, into your community. Amen. You were created for community, created for family, created as a member of Christ's body. It's in community that we are healthy, whole, thriving, and free. And I think what the Holy Spirit is doing in our minds is he's renewing our minds so that we think properly about community. We think properly about the body. And that is, the body is a necessary component to our lives. Community is necessary to our walk. Oftentimes, I think that we, we can say in our own minds, oh, look. This is a nice perk of following Jesus. This is a nice perk, a nice little amenity. I follow Jesus, and instantly I have 100-something friends. Nice. That's nice. I don't want to see my friends for a couple months. That's okay, too. It's just a nice perk. I don't have to take advantage of it if I don't want to. That's not it. That's not it. It's necessary. Why do you think 
when, when, when we get new believers, we're trying all we can to get them sucked in, to pull, pull them in, because we want, hey, we want you to understand that the next the ne- expectation now that the Holy Spirit has on your life and that he's pushing you to it is that your life is now lived in this context. It wasn't that you just needed this for salvation. It's that this is necessary to your whole life now. This is necessary to who you are and the growth that's going to happen in you. So I have these three things I want to talk about, maybe four, but three things I want to talk about. Last week, we're going to talk about, we're going to focus in on this, you're created for community. To emphasize it a little more. Last week, or two weeks ago, Eric talked in uh, Galatians 5. So if you want to hear a deep dive on that, then go to Galatians 5. Or go to a couple weeks ago. I don't know if the podcast is up. If it's not, Mike's going to do it now because I mentioned it. So... <laughs> That podcast is up, and you go listen to it. But in Galatians 5, Paul is revealing the truth about our flesh versus our spirit. He's revealing that there is a battle inside of you. Paul is urging believers to live by the spirit and then discusses the results of both. Flesh leads to deadly, selfish decay. Spirit, loving, selfless, life-giving fruit. We know this. If there is a hesitation toward community, it's typically from a fleshly desire. If there's a hesitation toward community, it's typically from a fleshly desire. I think Eric might have mentioned this, that flesh is anti-community because the flesh is all about self. The flesh is anti-community because the flesh is all about self. That's why I say if there's a hesitation towards community, it may be a fleshly desire. And we're going to get to some of the other aspects of that down below. Because when I react to the spirit, to situations, the spirit pushes us towards community, which requires selflessness, humility, and love for others. The fruit that I bear is for others, and the fruit that they bear is for me. This is where I belong. This is where I get fed and nourished. This is where I, this is where I can experience the love of God through the body. If I isolate myself, I remove myself from the fruit that is for me and deprive the body of fruit that is for them. Yeah. In community, there is an exchange of selfless love. And there should be an eagerness toward community, not apathy. Because here we find the fruit of the Spirit, right? I just, this morning, I just walked in to an orchard. Just walked into an orchard full of fruit. Even even in conflict, the spirit is pushing us toward community and to walk in love. When there's offense and hurt, the Holy Spirit is pushing you toward community. When you feel depressed, anxious, annoyed, disappointed, worried, confused, disheartened, or insecure, he's pushing you toward community. Right? Right? This is why in Matthew 5, I don't think I have it on here. When in Matthew 5, uh, Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And he says, hey, you're going to bring an offering to the altar? Well, think before, before you do. And if you have a conflict with a brother, go resolve that. Go get that off your plate. Be right. You being right in community is really important to the Father. You being apart and right in community is really important. As the Spirit transforms and renews our mind, this is an area in which he is changing for us to think clearly about community. What's my, what's my flesh's response when someone offends or hurts me? I'm out of here, bud. I'm gone. See ya. I'm going to take a break. But the Spirit's saying, no, 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 no. As quick as you can, you get back over there and you guys resolve this in love. And you resolve this in humility. And you resolve this through the Spirit. Community, it's important. It's where you belong. Your life and your walk with Jesus was never meant to be done in isolation. But to be lived out in the context of community and in the context of family. Many are on their journey with Jesus and are frustrated at the results. They're frustrated at the results. They're feeling burnout, disappointed, 
And as they, as, as they aren't getting out of their walk all that they thought they would, or all that was promised in Scripture, like, I'm just hitting a wall again and again and again. The problem is, is that if you're in isolation, you're doing it wrong. In isolation, you're not going to get out of your walk with Christ all that is created for you, all that is purposed for you, right? It's, it's, like, it's like trying to start your car without gas in it. It's like, yeah, you have everything there, but if you're missing this one thing, it's not going to happen. And yeah, you, you have Jesus, but your walk with Jesus wasn't meant to be done alone. It was meant to be done in the context of community with one another. Each other, lifting each other up, uh, uh, lifting each other up, sharing each other's burdens, a community of love. Amen? Yeah, we can agree on that. You are created for community. I'm going to say this again and again and again. So you're created for community. Growth happens in community. Growth happens in community. If I'm not growing, it's cause for concern. If I'm not growing, it's cause for concern. Oftentimes, we don't even know we're not growing. We actually need someone outside to say, hey, you've kind of been doing this whole thing for about five years now, and nothing's changed. There, there's been a lack of growth in this area. Community helps you see that. If, the, if in one of my kids, all of a sudden, they stop growing, there's a major cause, that's a major cause for concern, right? It's like, okay, take them to the doctors, get them a specialist. We need to figure out why they're not growing and find the solution so that they can continue growing. Why? Because they aren't fully grown, mature adults. And it's just the same for us. Till the day that they are fully grown, mature adults, growth is expected. Until the day we are, we are the full measure of Christ, which is, which is the spirit at work in us, to be achieved, growth, growth is expected. Until you are the full measure of Christ, which is intended in you and the Holy Spirit is working towards, growth is expected in all of us. Ephesians 4.13 puts it this way. This will continue, the building up of the church. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. If there's not growth in your life, it's cause for concern. It's cause for concern. And often, we don't even know we're not growing until someone else points it out, right? And sometimes, that's, that's, that's when we kind of back up a bit. Like, I don't like you. you. Well, what about you? Right? We have all these reactions. I'm not growing. You're telling me I'm not perfect? You're telling me I'm not the way I thought I was? This is what, this is, that is the rough stuff of community, right? The rough stuff. The nice stuff is, hey, we all get to go to a wedding and a potluck, right? We get to attend the grafties as students, all this nice loving stuff. So I'm running into an obstacle. These people run to help me. The tough stuff is I'm expected to grow here. I'm expected to move here. I'm supposed to live this life, my walk out with Christ in context of a community that's full of imperfect believers. If we stop growing, it's cause for concern. One of the first things we look to to diagnose an issue of non-growth is where you're planted and uh, whether, whether you are planted in community. And in my head, I have this image of uh, a, plant, a plant that's planted in a pot versus a plant that's planted in you know, just natural soil. The pot offers a form of protection. It offers a form of comfort, but it ultimately stunts growth right? It stunts growth. It keeps it from going any further. It's all lonely by itself. It's how it wants to be, but it stops growth. When I'm isolated, there's a limit to my growth, a limit to how deep my roots can grow, a limit to the measure to which I look like Christ when I'm isolated, when I'm outside of community. The Spirit is at work not to make you comfortable, not to make you cozy like a potted plant, but working to transform you into the full measure of Christ. I may like my pot. It's clean. It's the way I like it. I can get closer to others, but not too close. 
I can grow to an extent, be better than I was, but stop once I'm not comfortable anymore, right? And the funny thing about potted plants is often they take form, they, 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 they look like a miniature version of a bigger soil planted one, right? They're just, they're just mini versions. They say, what do you mean? I look exactly the same as that one. I'm just, you know, just mini, a little, little more miniature. It's like, well, yeah, you're making an excuse for your non-growth now. You've isolated yourself from community, and so you've stopped growing. You've literally, in like the potted, pot, potted plant example, you put up walls around you. Nope, no one's coming in. I'm not going out. I'm going to get close, but not too close. So that's not the way that, that Jesus or the Holy Spirit intended it. He intended for you to, uh, to be planted in kind of this messiness of community. But we're supposed to trust that God understands what he's doing. We may, not we may not see the full image to which he's, he's working. We may, not even, we may not even understand that we're a part of something beautiful. But the Holy Spirit, knowing that you don't understand that, is still moving you toward that. Say, no, you belong here. He's like, no, 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 but I see that thing over there. I want to be a part of that. Or I'd rather just, I'd rather be alone. Like, can I get close? Can I just, like, sit on top? How about that? I'll just... I just sit on top, like I'm there, but not, not really there. No, he said, no, you're a part, you're supposed to live in context right there. That's, that's where you belong. That's what you were created for. The reality of community is that often the Holy Spirit uses other people in community for our growth. This kind of iron sharpens iron effect, right? God uses other people for our growth. Weaknesses are exposed when we rub up against other people. Sensitive points are made aware when we engage in community. Immaturity is brought to the surface. All things we don't like, right? I don't know a single person that actually enjoys those things. I know people that will say they do because they know it's the right answer. Like, oh, yeah, I love growing. It's the best. Look, I'm 6'3". I hated growing, okay? I never had a, I never had a growth spurt, but for about, for about uh, four summers in a row, three inches every summer. Three, 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 for four or five years. It was the worst. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. You can't sleep at night. Legs are restless. But if God uses people like you to be light in a dark world, save the lost, and restore the broken, then he can use people for your growth and benefit. Right? If, he, if, he, if his plan is to use imperfect people for his glory to transform the world and bring about light, what makes you think you can't use that same person in your life? Right? What we tend to do is we tend, we tend to look at the person and use them as an excuse for not engaged with them. What we forget is who's in and behind and around that person. It's God working through them. Amen? And this happens in all matters. If you have questions, bring them to the community. Have ideas, bring them to the community. Believe God is speaking to you, bring it to community. Want to grow in faith and knowledge of God? It happens in community, right? Uh, when Eric started the series, he basically opened the whole thing up to a lot of questions, right? And everyone had questions. And that was great. This, this is a place you should bring those questions. And we can discuss and talk about them. Why don't you understand this? I have like a thousand ideas a week. Thousands of them. Ideas are like continually flowing into my brain all the time, okay? And then I myself filter them out, but I'm not a great filter. And so what I do is I've been trained to take these ideas into community and they filter out the rest. About 99%, like a really good uh, disinfectant, are gone. They're, they're, they're not good. They're just not good ideas. But there are people that think that I only come up with great ideas. There are people, huh? Mainly like the other youth pastors in town and such. Because, because they're, like a part, they're a part of our grand family, right? But they're not sitting at like our dinner table. If this is our dinner table, they're not like sitting here. They're, they're, they're in family, they're a part of us. They're the house next, next door. We love and enjoy them. They're welcome to come here, all that good stuff. But they're not seeing 
the community that I'm actually engaging with before my ideas get to them. Right? They're not seeing that. And yeah, the other youth pastors in town think I'm great. But I also know they don't see the messiness. They don't see it. And oftentimes what I could do in my flesh is I could see they think I'm great. Why don't you guys think I'm that great? Okay? Huh? Uh, I'm scanning, okay? Not looking at any one person. In fact, I'm looking at the floor. It's because I'm engaged in community here. In fact, I think if someone, if, if people actually think you're super amazing, there's no flaws with you, you're not engaged in community with those people. You're just not. Because a community is like family. It's a dinner table where every single person at this table knows me. They know me. Yeah, they know me. And that can be tough. That can be tough to willingly walk into that. Most people don't. The majority of people do not do it. They're okay with fading into the background. In fact, for my first three years of coming to the salt mine, I faded into the background, not pointing at anybody. But I did everything I could to not engage in community. And it was to my detriment. I wasted time. No growth happened. There was actually, there was like a backward thing that happened. I plotted myself up. I convinced myself I was okay. Because this is fine for me. You guys do your community thing. I'll be, I'll be in the building. That's enough. So I'm just going to sit over here. I wanted to encourage you in this, though, that there is no better place for these things to happen. There's no better place for growth to happen. It's in the context of community. Because when you engage in the body of Christ, it's in context of, the bo of a body that is striving to love one another. This is the place I want to grow. Because I know all these people love me. I know they're striving to demonstrate that love to me. Right? Amen? I, could, I can't imagine growing in any other context. Because people are, the world is just doing everything it can to rip you down. So in the world, yeah, we're protecting ourselves. We're like, I don't want to show you my flaws. I don't want to show you anything. Because I know you're going to use it against me. But here, here we can say, oh, no. You're somebody that's actually striving to love me. And love me to the utmost. You're, you're striving to be a conduit of God's love to me. Yeah. There, there may be hesitations toward community because of past exper bad experiences in community, right? That may happen. How many of you guys have sat at your family dinner table or just with your family and gotten in a fight at home? Fights at home happen, right? Fights at home happen. I mean, Paul is addressing church after church, and a lot of times he's there saying, hey, yeah, fights happen. Here's how to deal with them, okay? I know you use this fight as an excuse to split and everything, and now you guys are bickering at each other. No, no, no. That, that kind of stuff happens. Push in. Trust that I am God, and I'm going to work it out if you're faithful and obedient to me. Community requires obedience. It just, it just requires obedience and a step of faith, understanding I am, I am trusting in God that he is taking care of this. Yeah, I, I poured my heart out, and the response maybe wasn't a correct response. And yeah, that hurt. But I'm going to be obedient because for some reason the Holy Spirit's still pushing me in the community. Because he knows I can, I can fix and resolve this. I am still God in your life and in theirs. He's going to, he's going to work it out. One of the first questions I ask uh, youth pastors when they come into town, and I just had this with uh, the foundry down the road, got a new director. One of the first questions I ask is how long are you going to be here? Because I want to know, hey, can I engage in community with you? It's really hard if you're only here for six months. You know, community takes time. But if you're here for five years or so, cool. Because I know that you're also going to try to build community around students. 
I think longevity is one of the most important things when it comes to uh, being a pastor to students. They got to know you're in it. You're not going to leave them. You're not going to ditch them. Community is hard. Okay, better in community. This is my last one. Better in community. Exodus 17, 8 through 13 gives us an idea of this better in community. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. And Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of uh, Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed the mountain on top of the hill nearby. As long as Moses held up his staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. They stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so that his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Family assists one another, and we are better for it. We know that we play a role in God's plan, but we don't have to do it alone. Playing our part means helping each other with their part. I'm, when I'm surrounded by community, it's like having Aaron and her by my side, so that when I struggle, I have those around me to assist me in helping bear my burdens. This is kind of a physical example of, of this, this community that's happening. He's, he's physically struggling. And his community comes alongside and holds him up. Ensures that he is able to do what the Lord has asked him to do. So that Joshua can do what the Lord has asked him to do. Right? It required community. It required, it required Aaron and her. In isolation, there's no one to catch me. No one to assist me. So I eventually collapsed. This is a picture of, uh, this is a physical picture, but goes beyond physical and seen burdens. This can manifest even as we go about seeking the Lord. For example, when I need guidance, when I need assistance, when I believe I have received a direct message from the Lord. One of the hard things that's happened in the, in the church over the last 10 years is there, there's been these common, like, polls that come out. Oh, young people are leaving the church in droves, right? One of the reasons I believe is because they haven't been shown true community. Community where, yeah, you're o it's okay to have these doubts and questions. And do it here, in fact. But a lot of times what, they, what happens in their mind is, and I think that a lot, of, a lot of pastors and leaders in the body wasn't even aware of it, is saying like, oh, th they think they have to do this alone. And so they're just not doing it here. And instead, I'd much rather Joey and Carson bring their questions to me and say, hey, let's work it out. All the time, I'm bringing up questions to, to uh, Blake and Eric and others. All these things that are going on in my mind, I'm churning about these thoughts about the Lord. And, and uh, community is helping me work through those. I want you to know, I'm standing up here preaching, but I have, even now, an imperfect view of God. It's not perfect. Because I, I, I am still being grown. I have an imperfect view. And God is working at that to continue to build that up. Be like, no, 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 this is me. This is me. No, this is incorrect. This is, and, and doing that. And, but that growth doesn't happen outside community. Now, I'm not saying that personal de uh, devotion with the Lord and prayer time isn't necessary. It is. Because you're building a, a relationship that is you and Jesus. That is happening for real. I'm not saying, you know, just boycott those things. What I am saying, also, that has to happen in the context of community connected to a local body. How many of you guys have run into somebody and say, yeah, I'm, I follow Jesus, but I, I don't go to church. I follow Jesus, but I, I don't know any other believers. And, and yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't believe in organized religion. This looks super organized to me, <laughs> right? And I'm sure what God is creating is even more organized. I mean, I feel honored that people would call it organized religion. Because I think compared to what God is creating and what God sees, I mean, we see this and we consider this organized, right? <laughs> Imagine what God sees and he's building, what's in his mind that he's, he's growing us towards. You got a lot more growing to do. A lot more growing to do. 
a lot more growing to do. Community is there to support me when I need help to understand. When I don't understand something, I take it to community. When I believe I do understand something and I'm going to act on it, I take it to community. I say, is this a good idea? Is this a right action? Is, I, I, am I thinking through this clearly? Am I hearing from the Lord on this? And I take it to community. Because in community, there, there is safety and protection there, right? In community, we know that with Moses, Aaron, Hur, and Joshua, there is victory. In fact, Joshua's victory that the Lord gave him relied on Moses and the community around him. So I wonder whose victory in here is relying on community. Whose victory in here hasn't happened yet because the Lord's waiting for you to take it to community. I need victory in this area. Have you taken it to community? You're feeling, you're feeling frustrated that, that it's not happening in, in, in time or correct, and you know you're hearing from the Lord, but it's like not having gas in the car. You're missing the key element. You're missing community. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Don't be isolated. Yep. Do it here. We're a community there for you. I've been called to be a pastor to these students, a husband to my wife, a father to my children, and a brother to all of you but I haven't been called to do it alone. And in fact, in all those things that the Lord has called me to, I need you to be a part of it. I need you to be a part of it. I'm better for it. I can't do it alone. So with the same gravity that the Lord has said, Stephen, this is your role, and this is what you do, there's, that responsibility is on me. There's a greater responsibility for the community around me to ensure they're holding my arms up. And for me to be submissive to community and what the Holy Spirit is pushing me towards and saying, allow these people to hold your arms up, you need to be there. Don't be muscle man trying to hold that staff up forever because this is going to take a while. Yeah, this is going to take a while. You need community. And I'm talking about this as a work of the Spirit because oftentimes we just, we just assume, oh, he's going to give me the answers. Well, no, in, in, in like 100% of situations, community is a part of that equation. He's pushing you toward community all the time. So when I say the Holy Spirit's at work in your life, what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit is pushing you toward community, along with a bunch of other things, but he's pushing you toward community. So whenever I run into somebody that is saying, I don't, I don't enjoy church, I don't want to be a part of that, that's okay. That, that's okay because your mind hasn't fully renewed. But still be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's doing and step into it because that's what he's doing. He's pushing you toward it. I may have a beef with little Carson over here, but what the Holy Spirit is doing is he's pushing me into, into it even though at the moment I don't like him. At the moment you may not like community. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's not pushing you into it. Yeah, I haven't been called to do it alone. What's in place in front of you that, uh, that you are going to go... Oh, this is a question. Sorry, this is a question. The question is for all of us, is there something that's been placed in front of you by the Lord that you've been going at it alone? Is there something that you're frustrated with, an area of growth that you've been going at it alone? The Holy Spirit is saying, this actually needs to come into community. You're like a potted plant. You've walled yourself off. You've gone as far as you can alone. You need community. But what is community? Community is life together. Often we don't know what community looks like. I'm going to fly through this last part. In fact, worship team can jump up. What does community look, look like? Often we don't know what community looks like and what it looks like to walk with others as a family that God created us for. But this is why I'm speaking about this as a work of the Spirit, because as we're obedient to the Spirit, He's going to teach us about it. He's going to teach us how it's done and how it's not done. He teaches us and guides us as He pushes us toward community. On our part, it takes a willingness and a commitment to be intentional about community and obedient to the Spirit's lead. So this morning, that is what, what I'm asking us to do as a body.
submit to the Holy Spirit's lead of pushing you into, the, into, into community and be obedient. We can be fool, fooled into thinking that community is simply going to church. It's more than that, but it's also simpler than that. More than that, it's also simpler than that. Because community looks like life together. Life together in the Holy Spirit. I'm in the Holy Spirit, you're in the Holy Spirit, we're doing life together. It looks like dinner and lunch, it looks like pool parties. It looks like birthday parties and celebrations, but also, it looks a little smaller than that. It looks like small get-togethers, daily interactions with friends and family, texts and calls and cards passed around on Sunday. That's community. I'm doing my life with you. Amen. My life surrounded by others. So I want you guys to remember Iron Man this morning and this week and this picture that the Lord gives us. That you were, you are created unique. You are created beautiful. You're created loved by God. You are his masterpiece. But you weren't created to stand alone. You're created to live in context of community. That's where you belong. And that's what the Holy Spirit is pushing you into, toward. He's, and he's not just saying, hey, maybe you should do this. He's actually saying, no, no, no. You need to be there. This is where you belong. And he's actually, like, with all of his might, pushing you. But unless you're obedient, he's not gonna, it's not going to happen. So, even in the discomforts of, of what is community and all that stuff, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is spirit life together. Community. Family. It's where we belong. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning that we get to have with family. Like family sitting at the dinner table. Enjoying one another. Enjoying you. So I pray this morning, Father, you continue to push us toward what we were created for. Community. As living stones in your temple. As members of your body. I thank you, Father. Be with us this week. Guide us this week. Speak to us this week. Push us toward what we're created for. Amen.